Despite rising vaccination rates, COVID-19 remains a serious threat. From the Blue Devil Hub, this is the News Cycle. I'm Max Davis-Housefield. Coming up, we'll talk with Dr. Monica Gandhi about the current state of COVID in Northern California and what we can do to keep everyone safe. Today is Monday, September 20th. COVID-19 cases in California are averaging about 9,000 a day, nearly 10 times more than they were over the summer. Even fully vaccinated individuals have been getting breakthrough cases of the virus. As we enter this new school year, there are a lot of questions as to how long we can stay in person and how safe it really is. To answer this and much more, we're joined now by Dr. Monica Gandhi, an infectious disease expert at UCSF. Dr. Gandhi, welcome to the News Cycle. Thank you. The entire country is in a fourth wave of coronavirus cases driven by the Delta variant. Could you please describe the current state of COVID in Northern California? So actually, in Northern California, we are doing better than what we were at the beginning of the Delta wave. No doubt we saw a lot of cases. We actually went up so high in San Francisco that we were approaching the levels that we saw with cases in the wintertime. What was the difference? We had such high rates of vaccination that luckily our hospitalizations were much, much lower than what we saw in the winter. Now, even after that surge, we are starting to see cases come down in Northern California. Two reasons. One is we did get our vaccination rates up in all of California. Um, Northern California, even though they had relatively high vaccination rates, got them up even higher. And second is that frankly, The Delta variant causes a lot of immunity among people who have declined to vaccinate, and that can actually bring down cases because if if they get sick, which some of them did, and I'm sorry about that, uh, that brings in immunity into the people who have declined to vaccinate. So all of that is bringing down cases. So it is getting better, and models from the UCSF Epi Department show us that by the end of September, they think we're going to be back to lower, like quite low level cases. Now that school is back in session, what should students and teachers be doing to keep everyone safe? So really, because of Delta, we have to go back to our mitigation procedures that seem like they work so well. First and foremost is getting teachers and adults vaccinated. Any super spreader event we've seen, the teacher had to kind of be vaccinated. Second is layered mitigation strategies. Ventilation is one of the most important um, strategies to keep people safe. Actually, opening windows is as good as those circulating air devices. So it is really about opening windows. And then third is masks for teachers and students. So those are literally the three best things we can do. And then if there is an exposure, testing to stay. And what I mean by that is instead of just keeping someone out for 10 days when there's an exposure, if we can use our rapid antigen testing, which they've used much better in European countries, and say, okay, wait, I had an exposure, but I'm negative. I keep on being negative. Then people can stay in school and have shorter quarantines. How likely do you think it is that everyone will be able to stay in person for the rest of the year? I think it depends on political will. I think it depends on political will in a way to get people the rapid antigen tests. I think it depends on a balance that we have to decide in society that how important is in-person learning And there will be some cases as a result. I think children did have a really difficult time last year. And um, if we decide that in-person learning is one of our most fundamental principles, we can make it happen. When do you expect the vaccines to be available for children under 12? At least the Pfizer CEO 
on the day that Pfizer was approved for 16 or above, said that he expects the trials in five to 11 year olds to be done by the end of September, which means that he thinks they'll be approved by early October. It's going to take longer for the six month to five year olds because they had to make the dose really um, small to make sure there's safety in that population. And they are being realistic and saying end of December for the little, very little people. Do you know what the vaccination rate is for students uh, 12 and up in Northern California? At least in San Francisco, the last time it was looked at, and this was a San Francisco Chronicle article, it was upward above 80% among 12 to 15 year olds, which was the like youngest group that could be vaccinated. So it was very impressive rate that may be more variable across other counties in Northern California. But ever since Delta happened, we've been seeing increasing rates of vaccination among 12 to 15 year olds across the whole country. So do you think a third booster dose is going to be necessary for most people? You know, I think it's going to be necessary for people who are at risk for severe breakthroughs. I don't think it's necessary for immunocompetent Americans, uh, especially young people. And I actually think it's distracting us from the real problem, which is that we have a lower rate of fully vaccinated individuals in the U.S. than almost every other country that has had uh, that are, that has developed and has massive availability of vaccines. We're actually lower than Brazil and Panama, even um, which are less developed than the United States. So this is more, in my opinion, a problem of the unvaccinated eligible adults not getting vaccinated than giving more and more boosters to those who are immunocompetent. Um, and have their two shots. And I'm more concerned about unvaccinated. And I think this booster conversation is a little distracting. Is it even ethical for us to be giving third doses when many countries haven't had their first? You know, I just got off a global equity call where we talked about preventable deaths and the idea that there are healthcare workers and highly vulnerable people dying at very high rates. Now we're in Sub-Saharan Africa. That is really the epicenter of why COVID is raging right now. When we will give Americans third shots to prevent a mild breakthrough when they can wear a mask. Um, I think you're right. It doesn't seem globally uh, ethical uh, to do this for Americans when there's so much global vaccine inequity. Now, I believe that Pfizer said that they can have a new booster tailor-made for a variant in 95 days. Do you think they're working on one for Delta and why don't we have it already? You're right that it actually should be pretty easy for them to do that because they um, just actually have to take the genetic material uh, of the mRNA for the spike protein and adapt it towards these 13 or so mutations in Delta and put it into um, back into the lipid bilayer and just make a new one. I think they hadn't already because frankly, I don't actually think that we've really lost immunity against Delta yet. Uh, luckily, it's really that we haven't we have uneven vaccination rates around the world. That is fundamentally and around the country. That is fundamentally the biggest problem. If everyone in the world who wanted a vaccine and who needed a vaccine had gotten a vaccine, we wouldn't be where we were with the Delta variant. What new variants of COVID are most concerning to you right now? You know, I'm watching Mu and C2, but I'm actually not concerned yet because Delta is my biggest concern. It's 99% of our strains. And actually Delta has been around since March, which is really important to remember in India and nothing has replaced Delta. I almost think there's this article um, in a Danish newspaper that said one variant to rule them all. I do think that Delta is probably as transmissible as it gets. And if we can get through Delta, we're gonna, we're gonna get through it. Now, I don't think we're gonna ever eliminate or eradicate COVID, but there are many diseases we live with that we haven't eliminated or eradicated and we live with just fine. Think about measles, we live with it. 
because we keep on getting people vaccinated. So you don't think that there's a likelihood that we'll have a more contagious or infectious variant or deadly? I don't so far. At least I'm not worried about mu and C2 becoming those. However, and again, I just got off this global vaccine equity call. What we talked about, if if they're going to emerge, they're going to emerge in places with raging epidemics because we haven't given people vaccines in low-income countries. 2% of our doses worldwide have gone to low-income countries. So yes, there's a possibility, but with global vaccine equity, we could try to still that. The other point I want to make is evolutionary biology dictates that a virus with a small genome can't keep on going in terms of mutating. It Actually, there's always a cost. If it becomes more transmissible, then there may be a cost in this direction. If it tries to evade immunity, there may be a cost in this direction. That's just fundamental principles of viral evolutionary biology. So what do you think the pandemic has taught the world about the importance of public health funding and keeping viruses under control? I mean, I think a lot. I think it's taught the world that we um, were completely fragmented as a planet, um, just like we are with climate change, and that we didn't come together to get people the vaccines when we had them. I think it taught the world that we were really politicized um, in our pandemic response. And I also think it taught the world that national health services or places where there's more unified systems of both public health and care paradigms did better. And I I hope this will push our dialogue more towards a national healthcare system in the United States. Dr. Gandhi, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you so much. That's all we've got time for today. The News Cycle is a production of the Blue Devil Hub in association with the Davis Enterprise. Daniel Ruiz Jimenez writes our theme music. The program is produced by Stella Mays and Max Davis-Hasfield. Our executive producer is Jihan Moon. You can listen to the News Cycle every Monday at 8 a.m. and Tuesday at noon on 95.7 KDRT. And you can listen anytime at bluedevilhub.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the Hub on Instagram, we're at Blue Devil Hub, and on Twitter at DHS Hub. Stay safe, have a good week, and we will see you next time.